we only have to look at our, our screen savers and our media, even our highway advertisements riding up and down our interstates to see that we live in the age not of the idea, but rather the age of the image. High res, pixelated, photoshopped, magnified, detailed to project just what we want to project about ourselves and our commodities and our stuff. We all have favorite images floating around our memory. One of mine is as the son of a World War II veteran, black and white, grainy image. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the day after the invasion of Pearl Harbor, the actions, the gestures, the sentence. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, is a date that will live in infamy. And my brothers and sisters, I hope it is not too dramatic to say that after our Supreme Court's decision, we have now, as Catholic practicing Christians, a new image in the redefinition of reality itself by an unelected group of five Supreme Court justices. Two days ago, June 26, 2015, is a date that will live in spiritual infamy. This is not just me speaking, perhaps making us uncomfortable. It is our bishops, the successors of Peter, guided by the Holy Spirit, who continue to speak and lead and guide us into all truth. It is the words of our Archbishop, of the President of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, Joseph Kurtz. These are their words. Regardless of what the court may say, the nature of the human person and marriage remains unchanged and unchangeable. This decision of the court is not rooted in the truth. It will eventually fail. Today, the court is wrong. It is profoundly immoral and unjust for the government to declare that two people of the same sex can constitute a sacramental marriage. They don't let us off the hook here, our teachers. This is a tragic error, they say. This harms the common good because it harms, they say, the most vulnerable among us, children. Because the law has a duty to support every child's basic right to be raised where possible by his or her married mother and father in a stable home. Close quote. Catholic Christian tradition teaches there are three dimensions of law. The first is what the Bible and our church calls natural law, based in reason that we can observe and measure reality as we see it, 
reveals it has a maker and a logic and a source. This is the basis of the natural sciences and the scientific method, discerning reality itself. The second level of law builds on the first. It is what the church and the Bible calls divine law, which is the Bible, which is the particular revealed law of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and the church he created. And only thirdly, and in subordination to the first two, is there human law. Human law cannot and does not abrogate either natural law or divine law. And if it does, in the timeless words of St. Augustine, an unjust law is no law at all and ought not be obeyed. That exact sentence was quoted by Martin Luther King, Jr. in his letter from a Birmingham jail. It is reality itself that we alter when we as humans attempt to revise what is unrevisable. And so in a few moments, we will pray here at this table, thy kingdom come, O Lord. The only thing new here on June 26, 2015, is the galactically naive decision of five unelected Supreme Court justices, reversing the democratic will of millions of American citizens. And today, of all days, our revealed truth, our Bible, gives us the divine definition of a word we heard used a lot in the past 20 years, the secularists, the relativists, talking about equality. St. Paul shows us that equality in God's eyes does not mean what the world means. Equality is not simply the freedom to do something you feel like doing. It is not a commodity. Marriage is not a thing to be just ladled out like soup. Equality means to tend to the good of all people. By virtue of our creation, we are called to tend to the needs of the common good, especially the least defended and protected, the unborn and children who are born in really real reality to biological parents. Our first lesson reminds us today that it was not God who made death or division. We do that. When we insist spiritually on walking according to the light of our own reason, our own decisions. And so as Catholic Christians, we do not give up hope. The Holy Spirit cannot be overruled by a court. We have been down this road many times before in 2,000 years of church history. What better time for us to let the light of true equality now shine before humankind? To show our conviction that God made us 
out of love, destined for love, oriented to bringing new life into the world in his own image, co-creative, according to the reality of his creation, male and female, he created them. No human authority can ever redefine that. And we owe our creator our full submission of intellect and will, our love, our affection, our imagination, our passion, our joy, our humility, our service. Governments will always corrupt and corrode and decay. History teaches us that. And when they do, we can always check to see what was the foundation, not only of the government's life, but of our life. Is our life built on the solid rock of natural law and divine law, or on the fickle, sifting sand of human sentiment and emotion? Even our beloved Constitution is ultimately interpreted by human beings. The road ahead will be difficult for Catholics and all practicing Christians, and not all of our members will choose to become dissident, conscientious objectors. At the very least, by their votes in the democratic process, of state constitutional amendments, there are more than 100 million Americans who object as a matter of conscience to inventing a false right in the Constitution to marry in the same sex. This is not a number to be trifled with, but today we reaffirm our faith in God. His kingdom come. We ask him to guide us, to humble us, to enkindle our imagination, to see how we can navigate forward to establish a society that is grounded indeed in reality, and ultimately, in the words of St. Paul, in true equality.